0: Hey you, how are you? It is another great day, and we are just coming off of a great weekend, and so I am still all smiles, as you can probably hear. I am still so full of joy and 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 just thankfulness and gratitude um, to the Lord for resurrection, right? John eleven. We talked about that when we talked about Lazarus, but he said, "I am the resurrection and the life." Hello, and so you know, this is the weekend where we choose to to remember that specifically. Not that we don't, as believers, you know, it is our duty to remember that all the time. But like I said, this is the weekend where we choose specifically um, to think about that, and so we're coming off a great weekend. Um, I'm also joyful because you know I'm a year older. Not. Yeah, but I am, my birthday was last week. And so I'm grateful to God for another year, for another opportunity, right? Every day is an opportunity, but just turning a year older now is like a big thing. It's a big deal. And I'm rounding out my 30s and I am just so grateful, right? Because I have seen the Lord's hand in my life in a way that I can't even begin to tell y'all like seriously my life is a miracle hello I am a walking testimony in so many different ways and I think one day will come where I you know tell you guys a little bit more of what my story looked like and what it's looking like right now because I am still very much alive and well and and happy um to share but I am grateful for another year. you know, birthdays can be tricky, right? because there are some I'll be honest, there are some days where I'm just like Ugh. oh Lord, you know like I am still there are there are so many things I still want to do, right things that I know I haven't done. And when you feel like time is ticking away and you're not doing the things you want to do or the things you or you're not where you want to be, that's a big one, you know. Oh, by this age, I thought I would be X, Y, Z, and it's just like mm, not quite. Um, it can be it can be daunting, I think, to to sit back and think on what you planned for yourself and and compare that to where you actually are. So birthdays can really fall into two categories. They can have you sad and depressed, mopey and complaining and just completely um out of it, just like, ugh, it's another day. You know, I wish it wasn't my birthday type thing. Um and on the flip side of that, you know, birthdays can be um a time of reflection, a time when you look back and you say, well, Lord, I'm not where I want to be, right? But I'm definitely not where I was. And so even in my state of slight dissatisfaction, I still see reasons to give you praise. And so that's where I find myself this birthday, and I am grateful for it, right? And But I, but like I said, there have been birthdays where I was in that former position, and I... Um, If you find yourself there, whether this year or next year or in a couple years, you know, I want to encourage you um, to look at it from a different lens, right? Yes, you haven't done everything you want to do, right? You haven't, (laughs) you haven't climbed Mount Everest. Hello? You haven't started that blog. You haven't cleaned out your closet. You haven't graduated. You haven't lost the weight, you haven't changed your eating habits. I mean, whatever, whatever the goal is, you know, yes, you haven't done it, but look at the things you have done. And instead of focusing on the things that are not where you want them to be or are not um, where you thought they would be at this point, choose, and it is a choice, choose to focus on the things that God has allowed you the grace to do. And in doing so, I guarantee you that joy will come right? That you will take off the garment of heaviness and replace it with the garment of joy. So I say all that to say, I am grateful. And if you called me or you texted me or you sent me an email because you knew it was my birthday, um, I appreciate you. I thank you. I'm so grateful to you. If you said any kind of good things towards me, listen, I'm receiving them all. Okay. Because, there can never be too much prayer. So if you pray for me, you ask the Lord to bless me. You ask the Lord to increase my coast, uh to in, uh, increase the place of my tent and all those beautiful things. Please know that I said amen and I received each and every one. And I am grateful, grateful, grateful to you. We are climbing in numbers. Um, I can't tell you how long it took for already in you to come. And so just, you know, again, seeing what it's doing out there, you know, all of you that are texting and emailing and sending me uh, words, you know, to say this blessed me, this did this, this did that, I needed this, listen, you don't know, it might seem like a little thing, a little text from you to me, it might seem like not, you know, just, oh, she, you know, let me just tell her real quick, let me tell you something, those are the things that keep me going, okay, those are literally my battery, and so I am grateful to you all so grateful from the bottom of my heart so thank you thank you and thank you again i had a lovely birthday and i'm so grateful another reason why there is so much pep in my step is easter resurrection sunday um and again like i said already it's not something that we acknowledge just one time a year if you are a believer and the only time you think about his death um, and his resurrection is around, you know, mid-April. Then let me encourage you to stop, right? Because even in 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 a part of thinking about who God is, is a part is also thinking about what God does, and that was a huge component. You know, even in me starting from Genesis, all of that with God the Father, the plan was always from day one. Hello. In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. From that moment the plan was always that Jesus would die to save wretches like you and me. Um and so e- even just thinking about that should be enough to make you say wow. Wow. For real Lord. Like seriously, wow. And so let me encourage you even as we reacclimate ourselves to who God is and to what God does. Keep that on your radar daily. It is not a once a year thing. Please do not allow <laughs> resurrection Sunday to be simply about your pastel colored outfit and candy for the kiddos and um uh what else? Where are we going to eat after service and who's coming to church that normally doesn't you know all those types of things that we've made easter about it is that's not it sis that's not it bros just like seriously let's let's keep that in the forefront of our minds because that's literally the foundation of everything we believe in if that tomb wasn't empty listen i probably wouldn't be not probably i would not be talking to you today you would not be listening to me today so we have so much to be grateful for and i am still definitely reeling in the hype of resurrection sunday cuz it's nothing like those angels saying to the ladies he's not here just like he told you he wouldn't be he ain't here hello the tomb is empty and there's something about that hope oh my goodness that hope that hope that hope so we're moving along with who is god and um just in the spirit of easter i want to read um two passages in the bible that relate to that a little bit and 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 talk to you about that and then my hope is (laughs) help lord that next episode we're still going to be in who is god i hope not to be here too much longer because i know i don't want y'all to get bored hopefully y'all not getting bored with this but um I want to switch gears a little bit and point it towards another, um, still about who is God, but just a little bit of a different twist on it. So my hope is that this is the last time I'm going to be in this type of spiel about who is God, but don't hold me to it because, you know, that's how the Holy Spirit be working. Sometimes, you know, you want to do something else and he's like, mm, not quite, keep it here. So we'll see. But if you have a Bible Um, or you just want to listen to me, I'm reading Mark, I'm about to read Mark chapter 16. And it's just two accounts, kind of one after the death of Jesus and the other, both after the death of Jesus, but one right after and the other a little bit further after. And I want to tell you a little bit about who God is from these scriptures. And then, um, like I said, next episode, maybe, maybe we'll be somewhere else. So Mark chapter 16, if you have not had the chance in this resurrection season to read all four accounts in the gospels of Jesus death, his burial and his resurrection. I would encourage you to do that. Um, I spent a little bit of time to do that and yeah, it's literally just like, whoa, Lord, seriously, I just, I really can't contain who you are. And that's again, a part of reacclimating yourself to who God is because don't tell yourself you read you read it every year right there's new meaning in it all the time and there's always something the Lord wants to highlight to you um and so and that's exactly what I'm about to share with you guys right now is the new thing he kind of highlighted to me it might not be new to you but even if it isn't there is still some kind of a revelation there because again the question is who is God and what I'm reading okay so Mark chapter 16 And I'm just going to read the first couple verses, one to four. And when the Sabbath was passed, that is, after the sun had set, Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James and Salome, purchased sweet smelling spices so that they might go and anoint Jesus' body. So this is after he has already died. This is after he has been buried. And so now they're going to buy some stuff to anoint his body. Verse two, and very clearly, On the first day of the week, they came to the tomb. By then, the sun had risen. And they said to one another, who will roll back the stone for us out of the door of the tomb? And when they looked up, they saw distinctly that the stone was already rolled back, for it was very large. And going into the tomb, I'm going to keep going a little bit. And going into the tomb, they saw a young man sitting there on the right side, clothed in a long stately sweeping robe of white. And they were utterly amazed and struck with terror. And he said to them, do not be amazed and terrified. You are looking for Jesus of Nazareth who was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. Hello? He's not here. He ain't here. Oh my God. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. And I'll stop right there. One of the things that struck me so heavy um, in this scripture is taking into account what we talked about last episode. So if you remember, I was saying um, out of Genesis chapter two, right? We were talking about the mist in the absence of rain. The Lord provided a mist. Do you remember that? Um, the, the earth needed rain. Lord, the Lord wanted to bring about vegetation. He wanted to bring plants and flowers and, 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 fruit and vegetables and, um, bushes and shrubs and, uh, all these, you know, vegetation. Let's just use that umbrella term vegetation. And in order to do that, he needed a moist ground, but the ground was dry. But the Bible clearly says that it was not in his plan it was it, he was not yet ready for the rain to fall now god is the master planner god the father is the master planner and so obviously he had a plan he had a plan so in the the bible says then there went up a mist and it watered the ground oh my goodness there's something so beautiful there about how in our estimation, we would say this is needed and there's no other way for you to do it, Lord. So go ahead and crack open the sky and let it rain because the earth needs vegetation and there's really no other way for the the entire expanse of this dry ground to become wet without rain. That's how you and I would have estimated it, right? But God had another plan. He had another plan. And here we are, in Mark chapter sixteen, and I see something very similar, right? Jesus has died. Jesus has been buried. The the disciples and 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 Mary and and and, and um, Mary the mother of James, Mary the mother of Jesus, uh, Martha, um. um Mary Magdalene, all the Mellow, all the Marys, they are devastated. Can you imagine what that looks like? For three good years to literally leave everything and follow after a man, um, a, a man that is God, that is still a man. You literally leave it all. You leave your nets. You leave your father. Zebedee don't know where you are. You leave everybody, everything you know. And you follow after this man and your, and, and in your dealings with this man, you come to realize that this is not a man. This is a man, but he's not a man. He sleeps like us, and he pees and poops like us, but there's something else about him. He is a God-man, and you you eat the words that he says. Every single thing he says is vital, and it gives life. Remember what I told you, God, for God, words create. So everything Jesus said had, had intention. He didn't just speak. In fact, I think that if he didn't have anything to say, he was quiet. So everything about him had intention. And these people ate it all up. They slept together and they woke up together. They walked together. I would dare even say they played together. They laughed together. They cried together. Everything they did was together. And suddenly, out of nowhere, he's dead. a God that you came to know could do anything and now he's gone <laughs> what you mean where he where is he? oh my God if you read John um, the the account of John uh, Mary is like listen. She, she didn't know she thought he was the gardener she didn't know it was Jesus who had come back to reveal himself to her and she was like listen I don't need your words I don't you know I, listen y'all I read the Bible in a different way so I, I put a little extra sauce on it she's like I don't need you to explain it I don't need any of that could you just tell me where you put them because I need, I need it. I need to go see his body. I need to anoint him. And I don't know where they took my savior. My Lord is missing. And if you, listen, Gardner, if you, if you moved him, it's cool. Just tell me where he is. I don't need no other stories. I don't really need to hear from you. In fact, I don't really even need to be talking to you. Where is he? I think about what I would have done in that situation if i had literally given my whole life to someone and now they're gone and it's like but you're not supposed to be able to die you're god you're you're god himself you are the redeemer of israel you were you are the one Who was going to save us? And now you're gone, and I want you to think about how destitute they were, how hopeless they were. Okay, and it's these people now, who you know, women are a little different, and I'm not saying that because I'm a woman. Okay, hello, um, but in the midst of our grief, we still, you know, women are just like, yeah, we're grieving, but I need to do something, and I and I would imagine that that's what all the Marys came out to do, right? Yes, this sucks. Yes, I can't believe it. But if that's my savior in the tomb, then we need to go do something about his body. Because in as much as we are devastated that he's gone, you know, we can't treat him like he's a regular person. And so they go out and they buy perfume and, and sweet smelling savors and scents and all these things. And they have a plan. And as they're walking, they said to one another, "Who will roll back the stone for us out of the door of the temple because it was a big stone. It wasn't you know a door, right? It wasn't a boulder that somebody you know if we if we if we do it together, maybe we could push it over. No, this was legit. this was huge. this was big. And the Bible says, and when they looked up, they saw that the stone was already rolled back. Y'all, in the absence of rain, the Lord provided a mist. I don't know how else to tell you that God is a provider. That God knows what we don't know. That he makes ways where we have no clue that a way even needs to be made. Mary and probably thought, you know what? We At least we'll get to the door. We're going to keep going. Hello, faith. We're going to keep going. I don't know how it's going to happen. Because all of us women here probably, our combined weight can't do anything to that tune. But we'll keep going. But God already had other plans, not just because he had already risen, right? But even in the presence of this obstacle in front of me, God had already worked it out, that it was not even going to be an obstacle. And so when I say to you that in the absence of rain, the Lord provided a mist, I want you to think about things like this. That's from Genesis chapter 2. And here we are in Mark chapter 16, and God is still providing mist instead of rain. Because in our estimation, it would have been like, okay, cool, Um, just You know, if you and I had written it, if I was Mark, okay, and I would have written it in such a way, okay, uh, (laughs) Samson, hello, got the Bible all mixed up, Samson appears and because he's so strong, he's got the strength of 10 lions, this, that, he uh, somehow appeared and moved the stone. You see what I'm saying? We would have written it in such a way that for some sh- strong man or maybe four or five guards just so happened to be walking next to them or behind them and, and they helped. Or um, I don't know, something something to that effect because we need to see that there's no body, right? But God already had it planned out. Listen, what you think is an obstacle what you think is, is 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 coming for you at the end of the month, at the end of the week, at the end of the line, in a couple days, what you think is going to be the obstacle is already taken care of because we serve a God who in the absence of rain provides a mist. These women were already planning and prepping. Who's going to help us with this stone? Not knowing that that thing had already been taken away. And y'all already know, I love that word, already. Hello, already in you. It is already taken care of. Don't worry about it. And so I wanna say to you, whoever you are, who are you're, you're thinking about something down the line, and you don't know how it's gonna work out, let me tell you something. Alpha and Omega, beginning and the end, already worked it out. The stone is already moved. Keep walking. Don't stop. Don't, 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 you know, stop for Starbucks on the way to the tomb. Because I don't, I need to work out how huh? I'm, nope. Keep going. Don't linger at the store, right, at, uh, I was about to say Joanne Fabrics. That's, they don't sell perfume. I don't even know. Uh, a perfumery hello don't linger at a perfumery don't linger at the perfumery trying to figure out how we gonna work this out Salome if you just and then I could put you on my back Mary and then you Magda Mary M.M. you could do this this and that and then maybe by the laws of physics we could somehow nope put that all to rest he already took care of the stone. He's already taken care of your debt. He's already taken care of that sickness. He's already taken care of your cousin, your sister, your son. He's already taken care of your career, your employment, or your lack thereof. He has already taken care of it. Easter is more than just, and I don't mean to say just like that's not huge because it is, but Easter is not only about the resurrection of Jesus Christ it is also about a resurrection of your hope in a God who can give you mist instead of rain who can move a stone in a way that you wouldn't even have imagined that's the kind of God we serve so who is God? He is the ultimate way maker he made a way. And then I want to read lastly, John chapter 21. Because I think it's it's important to realize that even after Jesus rose and 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 you know he came out the grave and he wasn't done. It's not like he was just waiting around aimlessly, right? For um uh, for the Lord, God the Father, to just receive him back into heaven. No, he was still out there doing work. He was revealing himself over and over to the disciples. And so if you are, you know, if you were are one of those people who were in um, uh, the resurrection spirit, right, all weekend long, i'm let me encourage you to continue to be there because there are things that happen days after, three days, of course. There are things that happen five days after, eight days after, 12 days after. Okay, so Jesus, um, if you are studying that or following along with that, I encourage you to, to do that all the way through. But John chapter 21, after this, Jesus let himself be seen and re- revealed himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias, and he did it in this way. They were There were together, Simon Peter and Thomas, called the twin, and Nathanael, from Cana of Galilee, also the sons of Zebedee and two others of his disciples. Simon Peter said to them, I am going fishing. And my Bible put an exclamation mark like, listen, I'm not about to sit around here. I'm going fishing. I'm going fishing. And they said to him, and we are coming with you. Don't you love that? You're not doing it by yourself. So they went out and got into the boat. And throughout that night, they caught nothing. Morning was already breaking when Jesus came to the beach and stood there. However, the disciples did not know it was Jesus. One thing that caught me in verse 3 real quick is, and throughout the night they caught nothing. Remember that I told you in John chapter 11 that proximity does not equal ease. Your proximity to Jesus does not mean that everything is going to go okay. Listen, y'all, this is, I need y'all to understand the scene here. Jesus has already revealed himself to the disciples. So it's not like this is this story I'm reading right now happened right after. And so now this is their first time seeing Jesus. No, no, no. They have already seen him. They already knew he resurrected. Thomas has already put his hands, his fingers into his side and his fingers into his hands and his feet to know that it is Jesus. They have received the Holy Ghost. Okay, so these are powerful men who have decided to go fishing and they still caught nothing. Do you see that? Your proximity to Jesus, however many times he has revealed himself to you, however many times you have seen him work, you have seen his miracles, does not preclude you from the regularities of life, which include difficulty. These men are fishermen, so they know what they're doing. We've talked about this before. They know... What to do and how to do it. But the Bible still says they caught nothing. And not not for a few hours. Throughout the night. I could have been asleep, Peter. But here we go with this so-called unity and I followed you and here we are still hungry. They caught nothing. So be encouraged. You're going through something? Yep, we all are doesn't mean you've done anything wrong. doesn't mean God has deserted you. It means it's part of his plan. And if it's part of his plan, then so be it. Let me keep walking through it. Verse 3 again. Simon Peter said to them, I am going fishing. And they said to him, and we are coming with you. So they went out and got into the boat. And throughout that night, they caught nothing. Morning was already breaking when Jesus came to the beach and stood there. However, the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. So Jesus said to them, boys, children, you do not have any meat or fish, do you? Have you caught anything to eat along with your bread? And they answered him, no. Verse six. And he said to them, cast the net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. So they cast the net. And now they were not able to haul it in for such a big catch. A mass and a quantity of fish was in it. Listen, y'all. Another aspect of of resurrection that I want you guys to receive for yourself is divine strategy. These people toiled all night, didn't we say that already, right? They had been fishing all night and they caught nothing. And then in walks Jesus and he gives them the right thing to do. Maybe you're casting it on the left side, do it on the right. Maybe you're throwing it to the back of the boat, do it on the right. Maybe you're throwing it to the front, do it on the right. There is a strategy that the Lord would have us employ to relieve ourselves from the agony and heartache. And I know we've passed that, but listen, there is a strategy and you need to receive that from him. And that's one of the things that I got, even in studying this word this year, is strategy. Put it on the right side. Verse 7, then the disciples whom, then the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it is the Lord, Simon Peter, hearing him say that it was the Lord. Put on his outer, upper garment, his fisherman coat, his outer tunic, for he was stripped for work and sprang into the sea. Y'all, Peter leaped off that boat and went to go find his Jesus. And I, and the other disciples came in the small boat, for they were not far from shore only some hundred yards away, dragging the net full of fish. And when they got out on land, the beach, they saw a fire of coals there and fish lying on it, cooking and bread. And Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish which you have caught. Now, if you're reading like me, you're saying, wait now, pump the brakes. The Bible says in verse 9, And they got out on land, and they saw a fire of coals there and fish lying on it, cooking and bread. And Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish that you just caught. I want you to understand something here. One thing we have to begin to do, y'all, as followers of Christ, as his children... We have to give God what is his first. And I love how the Bible puts it like he already had fish. Because some of us have this mindset like, I'm giving you what you need as if there, are, in and of myself I can add to what God has. Oh, well, I better praise him because he needs my mouth. Oh, well, I better give my tithes and my offering because he needs my money. Oh, I better um, minister. I better serve. I better sing. I better play because he needs my talents. And the truth of the matter is he already had fish. Hello? He already had fish. Read it well. Read it again. Fish were on the coals cooking. And then he says, bring to me the fish you caught. There's a difference. The Lord wants what you have, yes, but not out of need. He wants it because it's for your benefit in giving what you have to the Lord. Not only do you receive more, but now you become a blessing to the kingdom of God. It is not because he needs it. It is not because without you, things can't proceed. No, no. And I I want that to be really clear. When I was reading this, I'm like, well, Lord, you already have fish. Why do you need their fish? But we have to get into the habit of giving God what is his and doing it first before anything else. Don't give him his stuff last. Don't give him his stuff out of what's left over. You know, the Bible didn't say that they divvied up the fish and then, no. Before we even separate it, before we even say, this is yours, Thomas, and this is yours, Nathaniel, and this is yours, um, um, Peter, and this is yours, James, and this is yours, John, and this is yours, every other disciple. No. Before that, the Lord said, bring me some of that fish that you caught. Not because without it, we won't eat. You already see these fish here. Bring it because in giving to me, now I can multiply it and give it right back. I love the Bible, y'all. Let's keep going. So Simon Peter went aboard and hauled the net to the land full of large fish, 150 at three of them. And although there were so many of them, the net was not torn. Don't you love the details the Bible adds? That net should have been torn, 153 large fish in one little net. And we're not talking about 2022 nets that are made out of technology field fibers and sinews and things. No, we're talking about pre- <laughs> prehistoric net that was probably hand-tied, right, with, with who God knows what kind of animal skin. It should have torn. Right? The Bible includes that fact there because it should have torn. But I love the Bible because the Bible says that the blessings of the Lord make it rich. And he adds no sorrow to it. It should have torn, but it didn't. Right? Because I'm the God that provides mist. Mm, mm, mm. Verse 12. And Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. But none of the disciples ventured or dared to ask him, who are you? because they well knew that it was the Lord. And Jesus came and took the bread and gave it to them, and and so also with the fish. This was now the third time that Jesus revealed himself to the disciples after he had risen from the dead. Verse 15, And when they had eaten, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these others? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. That I have deep, instinctive, personal affection for you, for as a, as for a close friend. And he said to him, "Feed my lambs." Again, he said to him the second time, "Simon, son of John, do you have love? Do you love me?" He said to him, "Yes, Lord. You know that I love you." He said to him, "Shepherd, my sheep." Verse 17. He said to him the third time, "Simon, son of John, do you love me?" Peter was grieved and hurt that he should ask him the third time do you love me and he said to him lord you know everything you know that i love you and jesus said to him feed my sheep i assure you most solemnly i tell you when you were young you girded yourself put on your own belt your girdle And you walked about wherever you pleased to go. But when you grow old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will put a girdle around you and carry you where you do not wish to go. He said this to indicate by what kind of death Peter would glorify God. And after this, he said to him, follow me. But Peter turned and saw the disciple whom Jesus loved following. The one who also had leaned back on his breast at the supper and had said, Lord, who is it that is going to betray you? And when Peter saw him, he said to him, to Jesus, Lord, what about this man? And Jesus said to him, if I want him to stay and survive till I come, what is that to you? You follow me. So word went out among the brethren that the disciple who was that this disciple was not going to die. Yet Jesus did not say to him that he was not going to die. But if I want him to stay or survive and live till I come, what is that to you? In other words, face front, mind your business. Verse 24, it is this same disciple who is bearing witness to these things and who has recorded and written them. And we well know that his testimony is true. And there were and there also are many other things which Jesus did. If they should all be recorded one by one in detail, I suppose that even the world itself could not contain or have room for the books that would be written. My goodness. So even in these 66 books, it's nothing compared to what he actually did. And what I love about the end of this is, you know, what I want you to hear here is God restores. God restores. And if you in this resurrection season are in need of restoration I want you to know that God restores right he is the resurrection and the life and whatever is dead in your life even if that's your relationship with him even if that's your zeal and your fervor and all the things that you used to have for the Lord that you no longer have listen to me even that can be resurrected I want that to be very clear to you, and so what? What um, revelation of God are we seeing here? Not only a provider, um, not only a waymaker, not only a strategy giver. <coughs> Excuse me, not only are we seeing God in so many new ways right put it on the right side now we are seeing God as a restorer so who is God he is a restorer and if you need life in any area of your life I want you to know that God can give it because not only is he the resurrection not only is he the life but he's also the restorer the same Peter who at who denied the Lord three different times I don't know that man. It's not me. You got the wrong one. Not only did he say that three different times, now the Lord has restored him three times. So he denied him three times. And each time he asked him, do you love me? Feed my sheep. Do you love me? Shepherd them. Do you love me? Feed my lambs. Three times the Lord asked him. And listen, I'm telling you today that even if you have denied the Lord, you have Fallen away. You have sinned. The Bible tells us all have sinned and fallen short. So you're not alone in that. Peter is standing with you. And so am I. And so are so many other people who are listening to me right now. If you need restoration. If you need something resurrected in your life. Then go to him to do it. Now that you know he can. Go and require that thing of him. He is a restorer. That's the kind of God that we serve. He restores. So what you need He has. Go get it. Okay? Remember all you need for life and godliness has been given. It's already given. It's already yours. It's already in you. I love you plenty. Thank you.